lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, without whom we could not do the show. But you and I would probably just show up anyway and just talk to each other, yell at clouds. Yeah. We're getting to that age. We are getting to that age where now we just kind of do it for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, You can also let us know uh, who you are by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Getter and Twitter. And you can get me as well on Trump's Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. And get clips of the show that are free to watch and also free of any censorship, so far at least, at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And again, the last name is... D-E-A-C-E. You can, of course, also like one of Todd's favorite partners here on the program, our friends over at Bonner Private Wines, some of the best imported wines in the world. And now you can get them at half off the retail price as well as uh, half off the shipping. So double the savings on imported red wines. It's grilling season officially in America. Nothing goes better with a good steak than a good glass of red wine. Uh, And you can take advantage of it right now from vineyards that are deep in the Andes Mountains, families that have been doing this for a couple of centuries, the old fashioned way, not the corporate mechanism, utilitarian way. So if you want to taste the difference, and all three of us have tasted the difference, we all three are fans of these wines, but Todd is. I've tasted it a couple of times. Yes, yes. uh, To infinity. And beyond. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, make sure to, you don't need a promo code. You just have to go to bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. That's bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. Coming up on today's show, we will begin our favorite little game of buy, sell, or hold. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll be joined later on in the program by the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, Daniel Horowitz. But before we get to all of those zany hijinks, we begin, as always, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by The Swamp Strikes Back. The April inflation figures are here and things are not getting any better. 8.3% year over year, still around 40-year highs. The core consumer price index, which excludes food and energy costs, was also higher than expected, rising 6.2%. And yet, Democrats and a metric crap ton of Republicans last night voted to fire up the money printers once again, passing a $40 billion spending bill for aid to Ukraine. Of the 209 Republicans in the House, only 57 of them voted against the bill. Joe Biden set out to soothe Americans' nerves over inflation yesterday. You gotta be frustrated. I know. I can taste it. He continued on. I've built a strong, we've built a strong economy with a strong job market. And I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength, and that strength that we built is inflation. 
More numbers from the April inflation reports. All forms of meat and eggs are up over 14% year over year. Cereals are up over 10%. This is in the face of an ongoing nationwide baby formula shortage, which was brought about largely by an FDA recall of a certain variety of baby formula after at least two infants died after ingesting contaminated formula. Texas, Tennessee, Missouri, Iowa, North Dakota, and South Dakota are all hardest hit, with more than half of all states having out-of-stock rates of 50% or higher. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, meanwhile, says taking away baby killing is going to harm the economy. are ...of teenage women, um, particularly low-income and often black, who um, aren't in a position to be able to care for children, have... Um, unexpected pregnancies, and it deprives them of the ability often to continue their education, to later participate in the workforce. So there, there is a spillover into labor force participation, yeah. but yeah. and uh, it means that children will grow up in poverty yeah. and do do worse themselves. Thank and you. Let me let is, me just say my time off topic. This I, is the truth. I'll just simply say that as a guy raised by a black woman in abject poverty, I'm thankful to be here as United States Senator. That voice you heard at the end of that is South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. A radical pro-abortion group called Jane's Revenge is claiming responsibility for firebombing a pro-life group's office in Wisconsin, and it's promising more violence nationwide. Learning Chinese today. Today's phrase is Hamas. Is that you? Hamas The threat of violence comes as pro-abortion extremists have targeted the homes of Supreme Court justices. Here are some voicemails Wisconsin Family Action has gotten since that firebombing. I'm so thankful that the good Lord finally took action on people like you. You're going to burn as well. You're all going to burn. You f***ing think you're following the will of Jesus, you're following the f***ing devil, actually. We sick of you f***ing evangelical pieces of shit. Go to hell! And whoever said that fire is a true American patriot, you people are just utter filth of the planet. And it's too bad your whore mothers didn't abort each and every last one of you. Burn, little Jesus freaks. Burn, burn, burn. A new Trafalgar Group poll finds over 75% of Americans oppose protests at the Supreme Court justices' houses. Jen Psaki, your thoughts? So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date. And we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes. And that's the president's position. Moving on, a new Fox News poll of the Pennsylvania GOP primary shows what Trafalgar had earlier in the week. Trump-endorsed liberal Mehmet Oz and upstart Kathy Barnett are in a statistical tie alongside businessman David McCormick. According to Politico, Barnett has been outspent on TV advertising by her opponents, 358 to 1. Club for Growth recently announced a large ad buy on behalf of Barnett. Elon Musk was interviewed by the Financial Times yesterday and was asked about permanent bans on Twitter. It was not correct to ban Donald Trump. I think that was that was a mistake um, because it uh, it alienated a large part of the country and did not ultimately result in Donald Trump not having a voice. He is now going to be on Truth Social. Op-ed at the Washington Post, George Washington University needs a new name. And finally this, an individual filming the pro-baby killing terrorists who had infiltrated Justice Samuel Alito's neighborhood in Virginia caught this very poignant contrast. 
For those of you listening, that's the sound of the terrorists contrasted by one of Alito's neighbors playing Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus on the piano. The pianist reportedly said, I wanted to do something to counter the noise. There's nothing more steadfast than the joy of worshiping our Savior through precious hymns. And that's what happened while we were away. Hmm. That is quite the contrast indeed. Um, Aaron's montage brought to you by our friends over at My Patriot Supply. So you just heard uh, Baby Formula uh, is the less is the is the latest to uh, become a supply chain issue. Now here, even in Iowa, where we have been one of the slowest states to see, uh, I mean, our gas prices have gone up, but at, at a slower rate than the majority of the country, it's well over $4 a gallon, $5 a gallon for diesel everywhere now here in town, which is going to lead to other supply chain issues. Make sure you're prepared. Because it looks like um, the next time they told us that that could never happen here, it looks like it's going to happen here actually pretty soon. It might be happening right now. So make sure you're prepared with our friends over at My Patriot Supply. $150 off their three-month emergency food kit. That's three square meals a day, snacks, drinks, 2,000-plus calories. Just what you and everyone in your household needs right now. It'll stay good for up to 25 years with the proper storage. And they'll throw in free shipping as well. If you give them a buzz today at preparewithdace.com. Again, that is preparewithdace.com. Coming up in the overtime today, we're going to get into Elon Musk talking about he will lift a lot of the permanent bans uh, like Donald Trump's that were done for partisan reasons on Twitter should indeed the sale go through and he takes over in October. And I like one of the reasons that he mentioned there is, and now we have Trump on true social, meaning that this, all this decision did was take somebody with a large audience and incentivize them to create a competitor to our business model. It's just not good business to do things that way. Right. That's, that's the case that he was making there at at the end of that point. And it was interesting that he brought up Trump's name preemptively himself. Okay. Although I think he clearly is smart enough to know that was who they were hinting at. But Clay Travis over at Outkick has a Twitter poll. Asking people if they think Trump coming back to Twitter would be good or bad for his 2024 presidential aspirations. Now, you know what I think, because I've made this point numerous times. In fact, right now, of all the highest name ID political leaders, national political leaders in the country, Trump actually has the highest net favorable. Now, it's still underwater. All right. It is. It's still underwater. It's still minus seven. Right. In any other era, we'd be like, dude, you're minus seven uh, self-awareness much. I mean, what you just like uh, banging into, you know, tilting at windmills head first. Right. That's what we at any other era. We would laugh at the idea that the country is patiently awaiting the return of a political leader with a minus seven net favorable. Right. But Todd, this isn't any other era, is it? No, no. That was best summed up off air. When you made a comment to me about the montage as it related to uh, the uh, George Washington University, oh, does yeah, that sum it up? Yeah, the George Washington University needs to change its name. You're, you're the Washington Post. <laughs> that, how many editors did that make that through? Right, nobody. A uh, point of order. We're called the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody thought of that. This is what okay. I mean by invincible ignorance. Yes. So 
in this era, actually minus seven net favorable. Eh. I can work with it. Yeah, we can work with that. <laughs> yeah, because everybody else like minus 20, minus 30, minus, minus 100. All right. And so my I don't think it's any coincidence that Trump has grown more popular. The least, the less he's been seen. I don't think it's any coincidence at all. He's not feeding narratives constantly to the other side. And now the other side has to constantly defend their own policies, which are completely indefensible. All right. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence at all. Isn't the most he's been seen it, it is this Oz stuff? Probably. And that hasn't been good. That has not been good. Yeah. And so I, I think because now we're... Here's the thing. We're not talking about either side's personalities right now. We're just talking about issues. And you guys remember one of my oldest undeniable truths of American politics is what? When elections are about personalities, Democrats win. When they're about issues... DeSantis wins. (laughs) Republicans win. All right? And so right now, it's just all about the issues. Right now, it's just you get to ask yourself... Are you better off than you were two years ago? As opposed to, I was the greatest president of all time. It's like if Lincoln and George Washington had a baby and then and then Thomas Jefferson joined them for a menage a trois with a little dash of Samuel Adams on the side playing <laughs> fluffer and they all got together and conceived a being, it would be me. And don't mind the myocarditis, because this Johnson & Johnson's guy is so yes, rich. He's got cash up the <laughs> yin-yang from poisoning you. No, it's just like, we're not looking at any of that right now. We're just looking at, I, you know, I kind of liked when we were at um, like 2.5% inflation and not 85 Kind of liked that. I, um, I kind of like when gas was 2.20 a gallon and not 4.20 a gallon. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I kind of liked when we weren't getting into every single war, and now we're back to, at this point, folks... You're, you're better off calling your Republican congressman and identifying as a Ukrainian national and then asking him if, asking him if they have a plan for the border, uh, for crime in our cities, et cetera. That might actually get their attention. Is that the new Ugandan okay. prince, yeah. but it might actually work? <laughs> yes, I'm a, I'm a Ukrainian national and I have <laughs> questions about the southern border. Yeah. They, oh, OK. By all means, uh, Igor. Uh, yes. Tell us what you think. Yes. Um, uh, so we're going to get into that uh, in today's overtime. Is it better for Trump's aspirations and therefore us? I mean, if he's going to be the Republican nominee, we're really talking. We're kind of our, our fortunes are kind of riding on this thing, too. Right. I think we just did the overtime, didn't we? Well, maybe (laughs) Tim Young will join us. Maybe he has an alternative take. So we'll get into that today uh, at blazetv.com slash dace right after the show. blazetv.com slash dace. All right, let's let's get to what is in the montage. And Aaron, I love how you juxtaposed the Trafalgar poll on baby killers trying to intimidate Supreme Court justices with those voicemails. I know those are terrible. I know they're scary and we should absolutely be praying for people that the the, the hardy activists that work in those environments and their safety. Remember the first domestic terrorist, you won't remember because no one covered this, but the first official domestic terrorist conviction in the history of Washington, D.C. happened because a guy got radicalized by the Rachel Maddow, Bernie Sanders, Rainbow Jihad Brigade. And tried oh, and walked into the national headquarters, the Family Research Council, and opened fire, right? Thankfully, one of the security guards there at FRC was armed as well and took him down. 
before he could, you know, create a mass shooting event. But the country needs to see this. Heck, man, a lot of American churches need to see this. The good news is we're smashing idols now. That's good news. The bad news is <laughs> we're smashing idols now. Okay. Remember for years, I tried to help radicalize us to get to the point of doing the stuff we're now doing. But I never told you and promised you that the, the enemy would not respond in kind. And the, that was only more likely the longer we waited. Yes. I was just trying to get us to do it before we were so cornered and so outnumbered. There was no chance of success other than, all right, I guess we just rip out a page of the history books and we do this in the streets the old-fashioned way. I I was trying to get us to do this before it came to that. But understand, just like we're now seeing even more teachers, literally we're seeing more more and more videos of teachers, quote, coming out to their students. The enemy is not like, you know what, man, we had a good run here. And isn't it, look at them, those adorable meatbags out there doing their thing, getting their gander up, showing a little bravery, a little conviction. It's just so cute. And I'm impressed. We'll just take our chances with the next generation. Is that, is that, that's not how they operate down there in hell, is it? No. No, you're going to, you're going to. Figuratively, at least, pry these idols from cold, dead fingers. That's that. Those voicemails are flat-out demonic shrieking, is what that is. That, that there was everything in there other than have you not have you come to a, a persecute us before the appointed time, son of man? That's absolute demonic levels of seething. That's the kind of stuff that the great evangelists. In, of yesteryear, in the, in, the, in the era of the church invading dark pagan spaces like Ireland or the Norse country. That's the kind of stuff that the apostles saw. That's the kind of stuff that Christ saw during his earthly ministry. Are you sure? Because Jen Psaki says it's all been peaceful and the president approves it all. Indeed. Well, I'm, I'm sure because he's their guy. I'm sure he approves it all. But... When the light shines in the darkness, the darkness does not comprehend it or acknowledge it or submit to it. It wails more. It doubles down. We are, and I used to use this analogy a lot on the program. I'll bring it back as an oldie but goodie. We are in straight up mob outside of Lot's house territory. It will not be satiated. It will not be talked down. It will not be accommodated. It has to be defeated. Now, God's way in that situation involved sulfur raining down from the skies. We, however, in our time, have other means of doing so. We can vote people out. We can defund them. We can put them in prison. We have options. We're starting to use them. You have to go all the way now. One of my Ten Commandments of Political Warfare, never attack what you are not willing to kill. 
you will get no credit for showing restraint. And the country needs to see this. They need to see what the true face of this is before it's so normalized that they won't believe it later on. You know, similar to, I just cannot believe the entire medical system just conspired with, with each other to just consent to killing a bunch of people during the worst pandemic in a century. But they did. But they did. And that's why they think you'll take just about anything Yes, now. because we showed them that. This stuff isn't normalized yet. And so while it, before it's normalized, we have a window right now to show the country. Because even though 86% of Americans aren't Christians like they claim, and it's nowhere near that, we live in an era where a majority of Christians in the same poll say they don't know what a Great Commission is. That's the first ordinance, the first catechesis command of the, of the, of the head of the church is the Great Commission. But might that be important? If, if, if we were talking in Star Trek lingo, it's the prime directive. Might that be important, you think? Okay? It was the first set of commands he gave. Upon the acknowledgement of his lordship and a majority of Christians in the same polls that are people that claim to be Christians in the same polls say they don't know what it is. But they're not completely given over to this stuff either. They still carry the Imago Day. There's still a little American in a lot of our fellow Americans. And you see that in that Trafalgar poll. They're not comfortable with this at all which is why we should provoke it. Every chance we get, provoke it. Force it to come out. Make people come to grips with it. I've used this analogy in the past about the effectiveness of The, of the Exorcist as a film, and it led to one of the biggest boons in Catholic confirmations in the 1970s. Why? Because it was the first horror film of all time. Because it was, it was the first horror film of all time to deal with demonic possession or spiritual themes or dark arts. Nope. Because it was the first time that most Americans saw the corruption of something that they viewed to be pure and precious. This coming of age tween girl named Reagan. And now she's out there acting like some street harlot in her 20s that has lived a hardened life out on the streets and has lost all form of shame and restraint and is behaving in the most depraved of ways. And it shook them because they knew it was unnatural. They knew it was unnatural. We don't behave like this. This young girl living with such a loving mother in an upscale home doesn't just go from zero to 60 on the depravity scale overnight all by herself. Something is prompting that. And a desire to confront and not be imposed and violated by that same something drove people to churches. Same thing happened after 9-11. The lines to, to come to prayer services at churches that they otherwise had never attended. Instinctively, the old magic is still there. 
It's buried, man, under a lot of complacency and laziness and a lot of pop culture garbage that doesn't mean a damn thing in the grand scheme of things. But somewhere, the old magic this country was founded on is still buried there. If it wasn't, they would have voluntarily shown their true faces to us on this stuff a long time ago. We can bring it out. Props to the Wisconsin pro-life organization going on Tucker, letting the world see this, letting the world hear these voicemails, provoke this and do it righteously by just taking the most aggressive but principled, peaceable stand for what you believe without any compromise or apology. Here I stand. I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. Now do your worst. And the spirit of the age will. It will. And then roll tape. And let the world see. Let your neighbors see. Provoke it. They have lied going on to a second generation of Americans. What Janet Yellen is literally saying right there is straight out of Margaret Sanger Malthusian ethics. Hey, these poor black kids, nobody wants them. Just kill them. The human weeds. They're human weeds. They're just growing out there without, you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the last two NFL drafts, two of the highest picks in the NFL draft had teenage moms who considered abortion, Micah Parsons and Desmond Ritter. And there's probably a lot more than that. We just, the stories just don't come out publicly, mm-hmm. right? She's just saying that stuff out loud now. That's right out of a Margaret Sanger eugenics book from the 30s, man. That's why you saw a Tim Scott, who most of the time, frankly, can't be bothered with anything we care about. Suddenly he was like, well, wait a minute, man. I'm black from the South. I recognize that language. I heard that growing up. That's some racist poop right there. Even Tim Scott's got to speak up against that. Provoke this. And the way to provoke it is Stand your ground. And yep, even at the family event, I'm standing my ground. And for once, if you do that, and you're the one with meekness, power under control, it won't be you that everybody's like, hey, so-and-so, do we have to do this again? No, they'll turn to look to Aunt Petunia and say, shut the hell up, man. We're trying to have Thanksgiving here. Nobody cares. They hate this stuff. The average American can't stand the mobocracy stuff of the left. Provoke it. Make it come out. Let the world see it for what it really is. There's still enough of the old magic in us that we will rise up against the wolves. It's the ones wearing sheep's clothing we have to worry about. And we've allowed too many of them in. Gentlemen, your thoughts. I couldn't help but think in uh, the old magic comparison. It reminds me of the dark night into the dark night rises. The corruption of of the police, and that is a very dark movie, literally. It's always at night, and the police have sold out on every level. But in the dark night rises, they literally rise up out of the sewers in the daylight. Mm-hmm. And that line uh, by Matthew Modine, before it goes down, there's only one police in this town. They're, they're, 
they found their true calling again and they run willingly into death because they realize all that they had forsaken. That's what I'm hearing from you. Uh, that was the visual in my head when you're talking about the old magic is in there. And I pray it rises in us now because the drama that is set up in that movie is exactly what is at stake here in real life. Great analogy. Yeah. I think there's a difference between demonic trolling and uh, and, and hell starting to lash out. And I, I raised this question months ago. And I think the answer was, I can't even remember what it was. It was something just crazy, bat poop crazy. And I just had this voice that said, this is not the typical demonic trolling. They are concerned. Hell is concerned about something. And I think we need to remember that because that's what we're seeing right now. It's not demonic trolling. They're not just saying, haha, look at us. We're still in, in charge. They are seething. They are feeling threatened right now, which means you're over the target. Hamas takes credit for bombing Jewish synagogue in Jerusalem. Swap out Hamas, Jewish synagogue, and Jerusalem with uh, pro-baby killing extremist group, pro-life family office in Wisconsin. It's the same story, different part of the world. And it's the same story because it comes from the same source, and that is from the pit of hell. You know what we're up against now? In a really weird way? That should be encouraging yeah. because you know you're over the target. Yep. Now you just got to see it through to the end. I like the odds. History has shown my worldview is undefeated when the circumstances are made plain and clear. When things get cloudy and murky, so do the odds. I love the clarity. More of it. More in a moment. Gentlemen, if you are concerned about losing your hair, uh, preventing hair loss, stimulating hair growth, just taking better care of your hair, and you're a little sensitive about it, we've got good news for you. Our friends over at Keeps will make it both affordable and discreet and convenient, because that's just how they roll. Right now, over at Keeps, which is K-E-E-P-S, just like it sounds, over at Keeps, they'll give you access to the right FDA-recommended hair loss treatment just for you that a physician will assign just for you that you'll have one-on-one interaction and access to, but they'll offer you the generic versions of those uh, medications so that you're getting things at a more affordable price, and then it's all done online. You don't have to go anywhere. Just snap a few pics of your hair, and they take it from there in order to make it discreet just for you, and then they throw in even more savings to get you started half off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow again k-e-e-p-s for keeps.com slash grow let's get to buy seller hold each week at this time our producer aaron with a lot of help and input from all of you throws at todd and i a series of issues predictions prophecies statements we decide todd are we going to buy that or are we going to sell that, right? And once per episode, you are permitted to use a hold. However, you're bracing for this, aren't you? Every week. Every week? Yeah. Once per episode, you're permitted to use a hold. However, if it is for any reason, any reason other than how Aaron did that even get on the air, even my mediocre intellect is offended then you will be forced 
to watch with your eyes taped open clockwork orange style. Sean Hannity and Lindsey Graham making out full tongue on perpetual loop. No. No? No. Then let us begin. Uh, much to the delight of some and chagrin of others, there are uh, quite a few non-political ones this week. Just giving you a heads up, we'll begin with this one. Coke Zero-holic says, the relegation system is perfect for college football. It'll make watching Kansas, Vanderbilt, and other bottom theater schools more exciting, knowing they could be demoted and a top-performing school in their region could take their place. So, I wouldn't advise doing uh, anything to pollute the greatness of an American tradition like college football with a uh, an outlet and an incursion of the one-world government system like soccer. So, uh, you know what's great about college football? How about college football? Not everything... Ret- Why do all the people who love it the most insist on it always has to be changes? This is what 24-7 sports media and... And all of that garbage is done to it. You know nothing about real life. All you do is immerse yourself nonstop in this. And all you can see is the utopias. It was fine. You guys are ruining it. The biggest fans are absolutely ruining it. Stop. Just what... The sport that... Steve and I, 49, 48. The sport that we loved when we were teenagers wasn't that good enough i thought it was yeah then what are we doing honestly every sports radio show don't talk about anything else until your point of order is answering this question what the hell are we doing we're not making things better what's happening to college football is a collision just like there's a story out right now from the wall street journal that we have the highest amount of drug overdose deaths on record uh last year that ever recorded in the u.s That is the demonic marriage of letting drug cartels have control over your border. So there's the supply, Mm -hmm. right? And then a a year after you locked down a bunch of people and dehumanized them with masking to further plunge the depths of depression. So now we have demand, right? So when peak supply and peak demand, when they meet, what do you get? Bad things. You get that. Yeah. Yeah. You get the the most amount of of drug overdoses on record in one year. Same things happen at a lesser scale here in college football. What's occurred here is about 1% of the players, and I mean like 1% of them. Because, of course, the escalating cost of a college education means what else continues to escalate in cost? The scholarships given mm-hmm. to each one of these players, right? Okay. So it may not, kept, it may, it may, it, it, the, the cost of that scholarship and the training and the housing and the feeding and the investment that they put into the whole player from a tutoring and everything else standpoint, it's, it may not keep up with the rising cost of television revenue. But when we're talking about 85 of those bodies on 130 teams, maybe 1% of those players are worth more than what the current investment into them is with that scholarship and the whole cost of training and housing and educating that athlete or pretending Mm -hmm. to for that matter. All right. Maybe 1% of them are worth more, maybe 1%. And then we're talking about the fact we're talking about 1% of the, of the 85 football players on 130 programs out of the 400,000 athletes that are in the NCAA every year and all the divisions and all the sports and everything else. So now we're even getting down to a more microscopic 
notion. This is a little bit like, um, well, you know, what if somebody's raped? Okay, we'll let you have the, okay, mm -hmm. cool. Um, give us the other 92%. No, no, we, you see right. what I'm, okay. So, so this is, this is always how the, this is always the demonic argument always begins with the, the exception that, that prove that doesn't okay. prove the rule, but justifies not mm -hmm. obeying any rules. Mm -hmm. Okay. And well, so the whole case that led to all this, the video game thing, as I yes. said, it had to do with a private company yes. stealing this, not Correct. from a contract you willingly engaged in to Correct. do this. Correct. And so 1% of these players are worth more in football and men's basketball than their scholarship. And basically no one else in any other sport, baseball, hockey, any of the women's sports, no one else is worth more than their scholarship. No one else is. So because of that, because of that, of course, we had to create an entire system of, of sports media, predicate, which, which is, you know what I've always said, just as left-wing biased sports media is, it's just as left-wing biased as mainstream media, but twice the dumb. Like these, these, are, these are the people who couldn't get jobs writing op-eds for the Washington Post about why the name Washington's racist. Okay, they couldn't get that job, so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be jock sniffers and do that gig instead. All the while, wishing they were getting their woke on. Okay, and so they here's a clear look of exploited individuals who most of them just so happen to be black, right? And so now we've got to turn over this entire system because if we don't, it's just like slavery auctions are back. That's one instinct. Okay, here's the other instinct: bureaucratic. Uh, rigor mortis with no accountability, no term limits, no sunshine. Does that sound like any other bodies that you may, that sounds familiar? Okay. All right. And so, so what happens is we get that, we get, we get that government institutionalism. That's called the NCA. Cause could the, the O'Bannon case was how many years ago? 10 years oh. ago. Cause it was 2013 when the college football, college sports games were discontinued. So 10 years ago, they had a shot across their bow. You know, we, we probably ought to give the, players some kind of licensing seat at the table and representation if we're going to use their name image and likeness for stuff against their will because that's not implied or even explicitly identified in the scholarship contract right they they could have done this and addressed this one percent situation they could have done that did they do that for 10 years no they did not they could continue to pretend it was 1952 all right and so and we they weren't getting a billion dollars a year to put the ncaa tournament on cbs sports which was only just feeding the talking points of the sjw's and the college sports media so the worst two of the worst instincts in our culture sjw's in media with with rigor mortis on an institutional elitist out of touch level those two things have come together just the same just a different supply and demand but the same thing that led to the drug overdoses is what's leading to the uh the overdosing here of college the drug overdosing of college sports that's the same thing Next up, we'll go to Tyler Morgan. Top 10 NBA players never to win a championship. Number 10, Steve Nash. Yeah, I'm okay with that. MVP. Yeah, he's an MVP. Sure. Number nine, George. Is it Gervin or Gervin? It's Gervin. Gervin. Yeah, the Iceman. I, Isn't he? I could always I do first, the finger roll. Isn't yeah, that that's the Gervin? finger roll guy. I first thought I'd put Nash ahead of him, but okay, I guess, if you want to put him on the list. Okay. No, number eight, Dominique Wilkins. Yeah, I mean, I saw Dominique play. A buddy of mine was an intern for the Pistons when I was in college, and got me. To, I got to go to a game at courtside at the Palace. Like even at the end of Dominique's career, it was. Inc I can't even imagine what it was like. That was so. This was like really? ninety-two or so, like the end of his career. I can't even imagine what like watching that dude in like eighty-five or eighty-six was like courtside. I mean, I just I could not believe. And even at that age, the level of athleticism compared to everybody else off the court was just. Really? He was playing at a. I mean, he, the, the instincts weren't as good as they were, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. 
but the athleticism was incredible. Yeah. And one of the great performances of all time is when him and Jordan or him and Bird went back and forth in an NBA playoff game once at the Garden. Basically, it was just one on one. Just the other nine guys happened to still be on the court. So I'm fine with Dominic being there. All right. Number seven, Reggie Miller. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. You bet. Number yeah. six, Allen Iverson. For sure. That's an autumn. Yeah, automatic. Number five, Patrick Ewing. Yes. If anything, maybe you could argue should be a little higher on the list, but yeah. Four, John Stockton. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Three, Elgin Baylor. That is yes. a lot of people would probably put him one or two, but three is okay. Yeah. yeah. Number two, Charles Barkley. Yeah, he belongs yeah. on the list for sure. Yeah. We can argue about whether he's too high, but for sure. Number one, Carl Malone. Yes. Yeah. And I think I think if I think most people would put Malone or Baylor number one on this list, I think. Okay. And honorable mentions Pete Maravich, Dikembe Matumbo, or Chris Paul. I don't know about Matumbo being in that class, but I certainly think Pistol Pete yeah. and Chris Paul. And who knows? I mean, Paul was on the top team in the NBA record-wise the last two years in a row. They're the number one seed in the West this year. Maybe he finally gets off the schneid. So, good list. Next, we go to Dave Lavasseur. Uh, if Roe is overturned within two years, Trojan, Pampers, and Gerber will rival Nike for celebrity endorsements. <laughs> um, I could see this. Could you see it? Yeah, I'll sell. I don't know, man. I could see it. Yeah, I could see it, too. I could see it, too. I'm going to buy. Yeah. Okay. Plus, uh, I just thought it was original and clever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Ultra Old Soldier Radio says, if you're a Christian parent and will neither homeschool nor your children nor challenge your school board, you are the problem. I'll let you answer this one first. Oh, bye. Absolutely. You, I mean, you're, you're in charge, and you always were, and it... Uh, in better times, that was true then. You 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 should have never put this experiment on cruise control, and that's and that's what you did because you were just too busy. Um, this is one of the most obvious true truisms. It's not. This is not just a matter of education. This is about uh, this Republican form of democracy that we have. It, it, it's a, it's your job. You are a citizen of a free republic. It is your job. To be involved. I'm glad I had you answer first. I love the way that you frame that. And if you look at both of the positions that he offers, they both offer different avenues towards the same out outcome, which is that you, as Todd just pointed out, you, the parent, assert your control over the process. And if you won't do that, then yeah, you are the problem. You get what you've asked for. I mean, I tweeted out, I think about a week or two ago, when I'd kind of reached my, all right, even I'm at the point, I don't know how many more of these libs of TikTok videos I can see, right? Where are the parents? You didn't go meet these teachers? You're just totally blindsided by this? You had no idea that this was going on? You didn't bother to check in to see who you were dropping your kid off with all day long? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You weren't, couldn't be, couldn't be, you know, distracted or mildly interested at all. You know, and that goes to the conversation we were having yesterday about uh, the movie that's coming out, The Fathom Event next week, A Matter of Life. And one of my favorite scenes in the film that I talked about on yesterday's show is it lays out the biggest opponents and obstacles to the abortion movement. And what was number one? Parents. Parents were. That your involvement in your kids' lives, your willingness to talk to them about sex, about procreation, about family, and those sorts of things is the biggest antidote of them all to them seeking that information out and being indoctrinated and inculcated by more nefarious means and sources. So I'll join Todd. I'll buy.
Next, moving on to Alexander Rogers, getting rid of no-fault divorce and criminalizing spousal abandonment would do more to restore America than any sized tax cut. Oh, any sized tax cut? Well, yeah. I mean, I would buy that because just about anything that addressed any form of a moral issue, unless, well, let me rephrase that. Are we considering like my idea of, or that fall into reform? My idea of getting rid of paycheck withholding, scrapping the progressive income tax system and the 16th Amendment altogether. Those would, would, would those would be considered more reforms than just what's the top marginal tax sure, rate and sure. what's the state sales tax rate and that kind of stuff. Okay, then yeah, then I'll buy. Sure. I'm stuck, but I, I, I will narrowly buy, but this would not be as immediate to think it is this this would probably you think our marriage rate is low now this would probably in the near term make it even lower people just people aren't getting married and they just want it i mean because let's face it the, the the people who are still getting married are the ones who internally understand that no fault divorce is what god taught us not it's not a legal claim but in a healthy society and you, this is what we need to start rebuilding towards. Yeah, no, no, you would not be able to get as divorced nearly as easily as you can now. Well said. Quickly before the break, Wet Bandit has the top 10 iconic American car models. It is a dude code violation not to have an opinion, even if you can't picture it in your head. Okay. Uh, Chevrolet Bel Air. Why do I feel like that's like every mobster movie ever made? So, okay. Uh, Chevy, are you buying or selling? Buy. Yep. Okay. Yeah, this is where the dude code also means that I I can st- strongly not know anything about cars and die on that hill, so Chevy Suburban. That has to be a buy. That has to be a buy. See those everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Jeep sure. Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's an obvious one. Yeah. What what is people's I I I don't fault people for getting a Jeep why are there so I don't get people's fascination. I've never been Jeeps. huge into the, the Jeep Wrangler stuff either, but because it's a truck and a convertible. There you go. That's fine. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's a good explanation. Okay. Yeah. okay. Ford F one fifty. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, look like a rock, man. Actually, I think that's actually Chevy trucks. My bad. I think I blew that one. So there you go. Uh Chevy Camaro. Sure. Sure. Ford Mustang. That's iconic. Sure. Yeah. Dodge Caravan. Yeah. 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 I just would have put the Ford Mustang higher on the list, but it's, okay. It's kitschy, but yeah. Uh Pontiac Trans Am. Sure, these are uh, man, for sure. Going. Yeah, Dodge Ram. Yeah, trucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, again, I'd have the I'd have the Mustang higher than a couple of those, but okay. And the Corvette. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is that missing anything? I think the fact that you and I both would not consider ourselves to be huge car guys, and we were able to instantly recall almost all of those models and have an answer. I think indicates how good of a list that that was. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That it didn't, it wasn't, it was applicable. It was, you know. And your email is filling up right now with why it wasn't, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. And and a lot of you will come up with stuff I don't even know what it is. So you'll be wasting your time. All right. <laughs> we'll come back with hour two uh, live and on demand, but not that much in demand right here on Blaze TV. Stay tuned. We're two underway here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E 
Like us on Facebook, MeWe Parlor and Gab. Follow me on Twitter and Getter at Steve Dace Show. It's at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. And you can get the truth as best as we know it and can communicate it for free and free of censorship by watching clips over at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. Shout out to all of you that listen daily via the podcast. Thank you so much. You're a big part of our audience. Please show your appreciation for us in return by giving us a five-star review, hitting the follow or subscribe button on whichever applies wherever you podcast from. And thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. We appreciate each and every one of them. Um, Maybe one thing we've got to learn to appreciate more is how it just seems whenever we get on websites or look in our email from those free email services, they just seem to know what we're interested in. What's the, what's the last thing that, um, uh, that, you know, that maybe we were, kind of analyzing or checking out or perusing online and then lo and behold an ad for something along those lines shows up the next time we're online how does that happen i I remember one time i got an email from a guy uh and he back before we joined uh the blaze and so we still had our own independent stevedace.com website and the guy was very concerned about the risque ads that were showing up when he was reading our articles over there. Do you remember this? Yes. And we were like, do we regret to inform you that the way that works is those al- those ads are determined algorithmically by your online surfing and viewing habits. Oh. Right? Yes. Yeah. So how do they know this? Uh, it's because those free email services aren't free. You pay with your data, which then, of course, they use against you. Uh, don't let that happen any longer. Make sure you check out our friends at Startmail, all right, where your email will be encrypted even if the receiver or re- or sender's is not when you delete something it actually gets deleted and they have their own servers they don't outsource it to somebody like amazon so they can't be shut down later on so if you want to protect your privacy right now get unlimited anonymous aliases and more great features from start mail right now start with a t Start with a T to get started startmail.com slash steve 50% off your first year 50% off your first year when you go to startmail.com slash Steve. And yes, you can transfer over your existing email accounts. They'll make it as simple for you as possible at startmail.com slash Steve. Let's get back to part two of Buy, Southern Hold. Aaron. We go to Sean Griffith's U.S. House Subcommittee is holding a public hearing on UFOs next week. Alien contact and or invasion is on its way soon, whether it's real or a huge deception it's coming. I think this is one of my 10 predictions for the year. It wasn't this on my list of 10 predictions so. for 2022 that they would make some sort of um, confirmation or claim of extraterrestrial contact in some way, shape or form, uh, whether it's real or imaginary. So I'll buy that. Yeah, I could see it coming. You bet. Well, this is late news. We already saw this in the form of the Johnny Depp trial that the aliens are here. No, but this is that the deception is already You happening. see it at the southern border every day. The aliens are here. But the deception is is this being talked about now in this moment by a subcommittee at all? 
That why do you think all of this is suddenly being brought up again? It, it, it's because we saw what, what happened with COVID, how easily we could be subduced. They're going to double down on this. This is a distraction. It's not that we're suddenly interested in or need in a need to know a period of time. We got a lot of crap we got to do right now, and, and none of it has anything to do with aliens, unless they're really real. Like, like I don't think, and maybe Steve has a, a greater chance of believing in, but maybe they're right there behind Venus waiting to, come, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. But other than that, we have no reason to be talking about this right now. <laughs> nice. Nice. I like that. Next up, John Hensley has a list of the four greatest buzzer beaters in NBA hist- uh, playoff history, and he's ranked them. Number four, Michael Jordan, Chicago versus Cleveland, 1989. Poor Craig Elo will never, ever live that down, right? Yeah. So that's on the list, you bet. Yep. Number three, Kawhi Leonard, Toronto versus Philadelphia, 2019. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that being on the list. That was a crazy one. Yeah. I've looked ahead. Is Kawhi Leonard still alive, by the way? I've not heard that name, I think, since 2019. He plays for the Clippers, I think. Okay, all right. Uh, num- I'll sell. I'm selling. Okay. okay. Number two, Jerry West, Los Angeles versus New York in 1970. You're getting before I'm my not time now. With so I'm familiar with that one. But but he's the logo, so I'll just buy it on those grounds, I guess. Okay. This guy look, looks like an archivalist for the NBA because he's now in 1976 for number one with what's that? Who's this? Gar Heard, Phoenix versus Boston, 1976. Okay. Well, okay. First of all, I actually know Ma- this one. Michael Jordan should be on this list twice. He, the, yeah, he I was just going against to, the Jazz, Brian yeah. West, Brian. No. Um, yeah, where's the one against the Jazz? Byron. Byron uh, Russell, right? Byron Russell, yes. And that was his final shot as a player, if I recall, correct? Mm-hmm. Was that it? And then he walked away I can't after remember that? which series, which Jazz Was that 98? It was the second year, Was I it thought. the second one? Yeah. So how that's not on the list, I don't know. I, I know the Gar Heard one he's talking about, because I used to watch that game on ESPN Classic when that channel even existed, but... You have to have the Jordan Utah Jazz shot. Although I don't think it was technically a buzzer beater. I think there was like a second or two left in the game afterwards. So maybe that maybe he's being technical about that. I maybe. Guess. Okay. Maybe. Overall, though, not a bad list. So I'll buy it overall. Uh, next up, CJ Siege Biotti says in a final Orwellian move, there will be a crisis to delay or even cancel the midterm elections or at least move to a smartphone app based voting. Uh, sell. I don't think they will do anything that obvious yet. They have, they have no polling narrative to justify this. They, they had a polling narrative established to create some form of legitimacy for what they then went out and did. They have no such narrative whatsoever. Do I think that we could see some blue states where there might be some vulnerable Democrats within their congressional delegations that may go ahead and institute the ballot harvesting scheme uh, with a fall surge of COVID, I absolutely believe we could see that and would be mildly surprised if we did not. But to this extent, no. No, in fact, hope for things like this. This goes back to what I was saying last hour. You want this. You want this to happen. You want the wolf to bear as many fangs and claws as possible. What's harder to dispute is a president who had an underwater approval rating his entire term, just lost 40 seats in the last midterm election, and then instiga- inst- then shut down what was the best economy we had had uh, in the 21st century since the dot-com boom of the 90s, and then voluntarily shut it down over a lie, only to then alienate portions of his own base in that process. 
and that and and that that allowed them to cultivate a polling narrative that didn't come true on election day by the way i mean they were way off on all these calculations the election ended up being far more closer than they were they were they were intimating but they had they had they had inculcated that into enough of the collective zeitgeist that it was expected that biden was going to win they don't have any of that right now so i would if i were in y'all shoes i'd be hoping they do stuff like this absolutely man let the freak flag fly and put and put it all out there in the open do it out in the open that'd be the best thing we could wish for which is why they won't do it yeah sal i think more likely at polling places is civil unrest like daring you to even go there i think that's a great point antifa as uh as as poll watchers and things of that nature i think that's and that's another reason you know what hey one way to get around the lack of security at the polling places is to do what Mail-in vote. You don't have to worry about mm-hmm. it, right? That I could absolutely see more likely. You bet. I, one buzzer beater came to mind. It was bugging me. I'm gonna, it, I think, uh, and I don't know if it's technically a buzzer beater, but LeBron James' legacy is helped by Kyrie Irving hitting that shot. Oh, against the Warriors. Against, I mean, Cleveland getting yeah. that. I mean, yeah. I, I think that was a huge one that needs to be in there. That's a good one, too. And then one more thing on this one. Now, this one's, I'm going to go back there, too. This is more difficult, actually, in a midterm election. Because these are all individual provincial elections. Basically, a presidential election is a series of statewide Senate or governor elections. It just happens to be for president. But now we're talking about districts and everything else. This is a lot harder to do in that kind of environment. Next up, we go to Bacon. Trump's win on Roe, potentially, is offset by his guilt in unleashing COVID stan. Does it's he mean off. that they cancel each other out? Because that could be read two ways. You, you could be read, I'll overlook the fact he signed on to COVID stand because he canceled Roe. I could read that both ways. Um, you, no, sell. Tell me why you're selling. Because this isn't, politics is a, even under the best of circumstances, is a hot mess. And I, I'm not, this, this, the zero sum game uh suddenly neutralizing you're giving sa- saving too, babies is just too much credit and too little credit at the same time i think i i've actually been thinking about this recently because i thought this might come up uh, I mean, if the ju- if his justices end up overturning roe as we expect here any day now between now and the 30th of june and i i i think you could make a case that I would overlook COVID stan and how how brutal that was because of what this means. Meaning that I think, how does he word it? Can you put that back up there for just a second? Trump's win on Roe is offset by his guilt. Okay. I actually think it's more applicable to make it work the other way is what I'm trying to say. Meaning that he made a promise to appoint justices that would overturn Roe which is the OG culture war ruling issue debate of our era, okay? Mm-hmm. And followed through on that in the end, I think would, would actually help to offset some of his guilt on COVID stand. I think it works the other way around because I don't think you can draw a situational equivalency between the two. He walked into an environment politically where Roe was a pre-existing condition, to borrow a pun. COVID did kind of just happen to him. Which is why I, you know, I thought I think 15 days to flatten the curve was dumb and immoral. I don't think it was inexcusable, 
I think continuing it on for 30 days to slow the spread and and then well into the fall when Scott Atlas was brought in as we go through his book. I, I think those are the issues where you can be extremely critical of. But even in those situations, remember, he was hardly alone and it was organic. Meaning everywhere you turned, we were the outliers, even amongst a lot of our own peers in this industry. Fair? Mm-hmm. In co- with, with Roe, he's the outlier. He did what no other Republican promised they would do or and then actually delivered on. So, but I reserve the right to, to change my mind on this depending on what happens with the jabs. Yeah. If it gets as bad as, if it, if, it, if it comes to fruition, those things are as bad and poisonous as they are currently trending. And he maintains his posture that he's the savior of the of humanity via that program, I might change, I, uh, then my mercy on this uh, answer may be exhausted at that point. It's a really good question. It Bacon. is. And it's, it's fair. I just, you heard how disappointed I was about just Trump's ridiculous Johnson and Johnson stuff. It's just more complicated than that. And this analogy, trust me, Trump is not God's anointed. But was, was David uh, uh, being anointed and uh, blessed by Samuel offset by sending Uriah to the front. I don't, I, right. God's plan and purpose. That's a great point. It's just we still raise people are still a lot more. People are still naming their kids, David than Uriah. Yeah. Right. Yes. That, that's, a, that's my point. That's a good so, point. Yeah. That's I, a very good point. I just don't think it's a simple, the equation has more variables. Is I my do point. think questions like this though. It's a good question. And discussing yeah. them yes. are good moral exercises that's what to, I ma- to make sure we don't fall into our own idolatrous yes. or binary ruts. Totally agree. Yep. Next, Dustin says the FDA actually stopped the J&J vaccine because it is actually safer than the Pfizer Moderna and does not support the depopulation movement. The only reason. My gosh, I hate you so much. The only reason why I selected this is because I thought it was very crazy and probably true. I don't. You want to answer this one first? You want me to? Okay. I, I do. I do think. That there's nefarious reasons why they they went after J and J as opposed to the others, but I don't think it's because it's safer. Single digit percentages of Americans have taken the J and J vaccine. It was by far the least the Janssen vaccine was by far the least used, and I think it was more about therefore their low lying fruit. As the numbers add up and the risk profile es- escalation gets harder and harder to hide, in politics, there has to be a scapegoat. Someone's got to, someone has to take the fall for this. And so, since so few Americans were getting this anyway, remember what's the company that bowed out of um, warp speed and ended up giving Janssen, J&J, it's... Um, distribution hubs to get its vaccine out it's a it's the it's the company that made uh, ivermectin which might be the biggest oh. next to pfizer the biggest uh pharma company in the world that's not gilead I'm, i would know it if you said it i can't think of the name but um they had already announced they were going to shut down a lot of their distribution operation centers for j&j making it even less available than it was and so this is a canard 
This is a distraction, in my view. This is an attempt to make it look like they're responding to concerns while maintaining their um, slavish levels of devotion to Pfizer and to a lesser degree, Moderna. I think this is classic political sacrificial lambism. And it's low-lying fruit, and it's an easy one for them to make it look like they're paying attention and maintain their credibility. I think that's what happened here. I, I don't think it's of any noble. Um, uh, I don't. I don't think it's any anything about Johnson and Johnson. Even though it's a venerable name, didn't they? Get, we just find out that they they just poisoned a bunch of people and lost several hundred million dollar uh, judgment on something last year. I think it was. I don't think it's about anything other than uh, uh, they're the, an easy political scapegoat. Steve's answer is the one that's more likely to be right, but I am buying because you understand, Dustin, the exact amount of cynicism that you should have regarding Big Pharma. Stay over that target. Oh, completely. Merck. Merck is the company I was thinking of that created, that backed out of helping Janssen and created ivermectin and then tried to claim ivermectin that they took a Nobel Prize for was dangerous. But and that's yes. And that leads into why I like your answer as well. Because even though I don't disagree with this application, by all means, I think you are wise to remain that as a posture. This is, there's no question that's too crazy to ask about big pharma. That heck, this is why we're trust. This is why we're talking about aliens now in Congress. Because if we started asking questions about big pharma, dear God, what would we find? Well said. Mm. Next, Heidi Krueger. Because of the documentary 2000 Mules, some state attorney general will finally flick the first domino and indict mules using geotracking before the November election. So is there a Lloyd Garrison? Wasn't he the district? Is that who I'm thinking of was the district attorney in is New Orleans it, yeah. in the Kennedy assassination that ended up uncovering the ties between Clay Shaw and Lee Harvey Oswald mm -hmm. and that Shaw was a CIA informant, part of its anti-communist um, uh, propaganda arm and Oswald and him had a relationship where Oswald was basically pretending to be uh, a Cuban uh, activist uh, as, as part of that association. And now the National Archives uh, verify 60, 70, 60, 70 years later that what Garrison uncovered mm -hmm. about that relationship that's in the movie, by the way, all of that is actually true. Um. Yeah, I'll buy. I haven't seen this yet, but you'll recall our frustration after the election, before the inauguration, about how the way that Giuliani and company were doing things was never, ever going to get to a result fast enough. Secondly, you've seen us document on this show the ridiculous nature of the Federal Bureau uh, of Investigation and our intelligence apparatus and why it, it can't, it's, it, you know, garage door loops at NASCAR things, but it, it, while girls are getting raped by Larry Nassar, put those two combined. Here's my biggest question. All these mules, geotracking, the, t the tape is there apparently in abundance of multiple occasions. Is this is this something that took from the election until now to legitimately uncover, or could we have known this two weeks after the election? That's I, well, the one question I want the answer to. Along those lines, I saw somebody tweet out today: Would the RNC do with the two hundred million dollars they raised for quote stop the steal? Where did where did all of that money go? Right, right. And uh, one of, one of the things that that bothers me about this issue the most is that Justice Alito. Everybody forgets this. 
right after the election, Justice Alito ordered those Pennsylvania ballots that were uh, that arrived late and were being counted late. Remember, he ordered them to be set aside. Right. Do you remember this? Yes. In anticipation that there would be a legitimate case yeah. before the court about what's the true chain of custody of these votes, which is clearly in violation of Pennsylvania election law. Ted Cruz offered to represent the administration, former solicitor general for the state of Texas who helped win, uh, which the uh, D.C. versus Heller gun case, for example, when he was the SG for Texas. Okay, he helped he volunteered to make arguments before the state, the U.S. Supreme Court on behalf of the Trump campaign. If that case that Alito made an initial judgment on with those those ballots, if it made its way to the court, he volunteered to be the one to go up there and make those arguments before the Supreme Court. Do you remember all this? Of course. But this all got lost in the Dominion flowchart, the fantastical tales right out of the TBN archives where we just where we we needed we needed to go after election fraud the Benny Hinn way as opposed to can we just actually we got a limited thing. They're going to they're going to ratify this election. In December, the elector, the electoral college will meet on January 6th. They will certify that result. There is a limited time here. We don't have time to concoct an Aaron Spelling miniseries from the 80s. So what's the most provable thing we can find right now in the window that we have? How many days after the election did I scream this while all this other stuff was going on that just captured people's imaginations and attentions but was never going to go anywhere, even if it's all true, because it was never going to be provable within the amount of time that we had. So, Aaron, based on, you know this better than Steve and I, the, the tech that this geotracking, is, is, is there a reason why we couldn't have known this before the inauguration? I don't know. No, I, that's something that I would, uh, I still need to watch 2,000 Mules to find out, but I don't know that off the top of my head. Okay. I mean, if it's there, it's... It's always been there. You and we, know? we will like we they, will watch it. Yeah. We've invited Dinesh on the show. I don't know if you've heard anything back or anything no. or not. Okay, but but um some of you have emailed me and asked why don't we talk about this issue as much? Because I'll just tell you the truth. I think I think you're more serious about getting to the bottom of this than a lot of the people that you're following on this issue are. And I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to deceive you. And I think there's been a hell of a lot. This is the griftiest grift that ever grifted since that thing called the Tea Party. That's what I think. And that's why. Yep. But that's also why I'm interested in this documentary. You can't grift this. Either this, we were to watch this thing and it's either legitimate or it's not. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. But I, I think that, um, I think, I think, I just think you were lied to by some people about this and they took full advantage of you. And that's why. All right. We'll do a lightning round here after I tell everybody about our friends over at Tyga Coolers. You can see our beloved customized Lindsey Graham cooler lid from our friends over at Tyga Coolers. Uh, it is on the uh, the the mantle of the monitor right behind me here. There it is, man. Feast your eyes and other orifices upon thee. Indeed. Just a terrible human being. <laughs> Just dreadful.
Now, maybe you want one of those, but maybe you're thinking, I really need something uh, that's more tasteful than that. Uh, they can help you. Uh, they Their coolers are phenomenal. All three of us have now used them out in the wild. They're exceedingly high quality, and they're all, they can get them customized. You can get just a plain, like, dude, I just want a good cooler. Cool. You want something customized, though? They can do that for you. They make great gifts as well. They're huge fans of the show. And they're just a pro-American company with American workers using American products and parts, all right, for this American cooler. And you can get 50% off. I'm sorry, wrong ad. Get 10% off. Somebody over at Tiger Coolers just about fainted. All right, my bad. All right, I forgot to hit the scroll down button on my script. Uh, 10% off right now if you enter the promo code Steve when you go to tigacoolers.com. T-A-I-G as in George A. T-A-I-G-A. Tigacoolers.com. 10% off right now with the promo code Steve. 10% off at tigacoolers.com. All right, lightning round. We will go next to Job Hickey, who says diesel cost shortage creates massive food shortage. This will force majority of population to rely on government-based food supply. A version I'll, of that. Yeah, buy. That's I'll buy. I don't think it'll be a majority, but I'll buy because I agree with the spirit of it. Next, Based Traveler says, Alex Stein and Cassidy Campbell's methods of guerrilla protests at school boards and city council meetings and similar have been the most effective protests by any individual that we've seen uh, conservative use in the history of the United States. Sell. So, don't oversell. It, it's great. But no, it's just it's just the regular moms and dads showing up. That are the it, this is great and important. We're not going to be saved by a couple of comedians. We need high volume moms and dads saying over my dead body. That's the most important people showing up. I agree with you in your answer. I'm going to buy though because I just want to make this point. I think tactically, this is actually the, the this is the most devastating weapon we have is the humor, the mocking oh, yeah. and the insulting of the spirit of the age right to its face because it also dethrones its power. Everybody else looks around and says, yeah. this is the tough guy. This is the this is the bully we were all so scared of. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that that does add something to motivate some of that in the esprit de corps of what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Agreed. Old friend alert, Constantinus Roditis says, Ron DeSantis should lay down his marker and make a power move by endorsing Kathy Barnett for Pennsylvania's, mm-hmm. uh, Pennsylvania's U.S. Senate seat, thus making a move to the right of Trump. And when she does win, establish his brand as a viable alternative to Trump. I'm, I love this idea. Yeah. I love it too, but I'm still selling. Because I think it's important we we stay true to what is clearly working for the man. Don't just get reelected for governor. We've said that for a very long time. Just keep doing what you're doing. But this is the first time somebody's mentioned something where I... I you thought about I it. I thought about it. And, and, so and, and now that you mentioned I agree, I'm going to... As much as I love this yes, idea... it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. But if I were working in DeSantis's office right now, man, I would be... I'd be posting that meme of Luke Skywalker in the Death Star Trench, okay? Stay on target. Yeah. Stay on target. There's plenty of time to do yeah, all these exactly. things, okay? You could get November the 8th, name your score. And then on November the 9th, brother... The world is, it's your world and the rest of us are living yeah. in it. That's what I'd be telling them anyway. And after that, this is the way to dabble. Yes. You know, you, you have, you, this is not a, these are strong shots across the bow without taking on the direct shot Correct. before it's time. Yeah. It's a great idea though. 
Next up, Ultra Old Soldier Radio. Uh, I think we uh, have a top five Major League Baseball shortstops of all time list. Quickly here. Okay. Number five, Robin Yount. Bye. One of my Bye. favorites of all yeah. time. Four, Ozzie Smith. Bye. Bye. Obvious. Three, Derek Jeter. Bye. Bye. Two, Ernie Banks. Bye. One, Cal uh, Ripken Jr. Yeah, I think so. Bye. Bye. Bought the whole list. Yeah, that's, that's pretty Stunning. obvious. Really? Yeah. All the teams that went out and traded and paid a lot of money for a wide receiver this season will miss the NFL playoffs this year. Sell. So, I think the Eagles will win that division, at least. So, so. That's it for buy, sell, or hold. Okay. Yeah, I like what the Eagles are doing. I like what they're doing. I think I like the team they're building. And they've created a situation now where um, Jalen Hurts has all the material around him that he needs. And if he can't get the job done, he can't get it done. then you can't get it done. And you, you, you would be a very attractive option to another quarterback to either come there or you draft a guy in the first round and you put him in a situation where the team around him is ready to compete. And it's like the early years of Russell Wilson with the Seahawks where he was kind of just handing the ball off and throwing play action passes. Mm-hmm. It was later on that the offense kind of, he took it over. And you have that kind of dynamic there. So I like what the Eagles are doing quite a bit. I will come back and the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will join us when we do. Stay tuned for that. We don't have a lot of options to do this, unfortunately, these days, as more and more of corporate America goes and grows uh, more and more woke. But when the option to do business with people who don't hate us arises, we should take full advantage, especially when we don't have to sacrifice quality of service or product. And you don't with our friends at Patriot Mobile. They're America's only American uh, mobile phone company, and they'll pretty much give you the same coverage you get everywhere else because pretty much everybody uses the same towers and networks as everybody else, except now you'll get it from people who share your values. They're not trying to undermine them or mock or defeat them. And if you're a veteran and first responder, they've got bigger savings for you as a way of saying thank you when you go to make the switch. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation right now if you make the switch like our family made last fall, and they'll make it as seamless for you as they did for us when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Once more, patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or just call them at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. We bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, my brother. How are you? We're doing all right. Just a little under the weather, but, uh, you know, it's better to have a sore throat than a sore brain. There you go. Do you think if we identify as Ukrainian, we could get Republicans to care about us, Daniel? No. Um, a broken clock is right twice, but not the Republican Party. It's worked that perfectly because I actually had on my show someone who adopted a Ukrainian girl. Mm-hmm. And she only had one kidney and went into kidney failure. And they said you have to get the flu shot and the COVID shot in order to get the kidney. Um, That's a subject of a lawsuit right now. So that protection did not work against the spirit of the age. So if we if we follow you two into the bowels of Kiev and we're on location in Ukraine and claim to be Ukrainian, could we then uh, get Republicans to care about us if we were on location in Ukraine? That's a good question. They might care, but Steve, I don't know if they'll exempt. Remember, they exempted the Ukrainian military from any vaccine mandate 
and it's not a condition of the $40 billion, not our soldiers. So our soldiers are getting kicked out while their soldiers, uh, I'm sure most of them, <laughs> I don't think the ASO Brigada takes kindly to the vaccine. So uh, it's certainly not a uh, pre prerequisite there. Well, it's, it's, it's science and it's been documented that our, um, our highly evolved military equipment will not work if American soldiers have not taken the jab. It won't work in the field, but if we if we lend lease it out into the field to the Ukrainian military with them not being jabbed, it does work. It's just science. It's just science, Daniel. It's political science, and you got to give them credit. They are pretty good at this. There are no exceptions. Well, when you have no opponents, um, when there's no organized opposition or resistance, and you know that you can you're you're going to get the votes of 40% of the people no matter which side of this unibrow you're on no matter what you do it does kind of make it much easier you know being a monopoly makes it pretty easy to be successful at something daniel to be fair but at the same time like if Sean Hannity had to sell his content on his own and he wasn't on he wasn't getting carriage from Fox News and iHeart dude would be like the CNN plus of conservative media couldn't do it like I mean, I mean, who's buying that one-on-one, peer-to-peer? No one is. Okay, so so he's under the he's under the protective cover for his mediocrity of, of, of complete and utter ineffectualness. He's under the cover of protection of those platforms, right? Similarly, these political parties have no competition. They they cannot fail. You, you, when you when 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 you have that level of of, of protection racket, you're not going to fail. And that's what's so frustrating, Steve, because what it tells you is if we got a modicum of competition in there, uh, people who are not used to uh, forgiving or forgiveness of mistakes, you know, because the lack of opposition uh, offers a lot of forgiveness to their mistakes, you'd be surprised at what we can do. I mean, they are not used to this. So I think you're right. It's not that they're so good at it. It's that they don't need to be good at it. Do you need to be good at making a vaccine? Or if you're if you just own all the FDA regulators and uh, are allowed to re- self-report your own testing data without any form of critical oversight whatsoever, and every everywhere from the New York Times to Fox News will just literally report, rip and read your press releases and cut and paste them as news without any skepticism whatsoever. It doesn't matter what the hell you put in those shots, right? That's kind of the same discussion. You wrote a piece recently for The Blaze about quantifying, I think it was five recent pieces of evidence that show just how much of a failure and how toxic Operation Warp Speed is turning out to be. Can you lay some of that out for us? Sure. I I think, you know, we have tons of data from all over the world honing in on the same outcome, painting the same narrative, the same picture that there was a sharp increase in all cause mortality, very much correlating with the age brackets and timing of the vaccine take up wherever it was, whether it was Israel, whether it was European countries, whether it was Australia or the U.S. and Canada. We're also seeing negative efficacy. But I think what's very important is that there was a study out of Germany, the Berlin Charité, that they concluded the severe adverse event rate that they felt was eight in a thousand. We've been looking to to peg that, what exactly that is. They feel it's eight in a thousand. Remember, this is short term to midterm, not long term, where a lot of people believe that a tremendous amount will have long term immune suppression, that a tremendous amount pursuant to an FDA study 
will have subclinical myocarditis 60 times greater than the clinical level, uh, which could come out at any time. Uh, eight in a thousand. Steve, I want you to understand what that means. It doesn't sound like a big number, um, but that is a big number because that's almost a full percentage. So if you extrapolate that to the U.S. population, you know, we've had, I want to say, 260 million people who have gotten the shots or some version of the shot here. Uh, you're talking about several million people with severe adverse events. And the, what, what I weave together in this piece is that the data points from multiple institutions and countries and time all seem to jive at this point. What's interesting is their version of theirs in Germany is called the Paul Ehrlich Institute. Uh, based on the numbers from this study, the underreporting factor would have been a 40. It's underreported by 40. That's exactly what Steve Kirsch and Dr. Jessica Rose uh, estimated a year ago in theirs. I think they estimated an underreporting factor of 41. So that is very, very scary because you look at VAERS and just looking at the US VAERS reporting, there's about 100,000 people reported to have checked into an urgent care following uh, the vaccine. Uh, you know, you, you grow that by, by a factor of 40, that's 4 million people. I mean, so, I don't so think we can So let's quantify that number. Yeah. Let, let's, let's drive that point home. That's more people than live in the state that I live in, Iowa. So yes. let's so let's quantify it. Let's quantify it this way. Would you, who would ethically make the decision to give every living person in the state of Iowa heart disease or or a subclinical marker for for future heart disease and heart inflammation that takes years off the back years off your life regardless of age? Every living person in the state of Iowa is injected with something that will cause heart heart inflammation in order to save the rest of the other 49 states from a virus that everybody under the age of 70 has at least a 99% chance before we even get to comorbidities of surviving. Who would, if that was, if that was testified to in Congress, this is my, this is my proposal. My proposal is that we inject everybody in the state of Iowa with something that will cause all of them heart disease in order to save the people in the other 49 states from a virus that under the age of 70, um, they have a 99% uh, chance of surviving and then it goes up from there. Um, what would we do if someone actually suggested that as a medical ethic? Would it get, would it, would, would, would it be taken seriously? Would it get far at all, even in our current secularized state? And the answer, of course, is no. But that's exactly what you're just pointing out that they did. But but Steve, it's more than that. That's for something that would prevent that one percent of problems with right. the virus. Right. This does this doesn't even stop you this, from still getting this, it. Correct. This is a variant that hasn't circulated in over a year. I mean, people forget this. The New York State uh, Department of Health conducted a study on five to eleven year olds, and they found that after month, it was 12% effective against Omicron. And after 42 to 48 days, it was negative 41% effective. Okay. So it's no longer a matter of, oh, we have to trust Pfizer's data, the 90%. Um, Peter Marks, the head of the FDA's vaccination program said to a, a subcommittee in the house this week, earlier this week before James Clyburn, that, look, you know, even if it's well below 50% effective in their own data, their own data, 
um, that's not going to stop us. So you're actually trading. Let's just give them a few weeks of efficacy if it is for negative efficacy and then everything beyond that. And then here's another important point to remember. There's not a single trial of children from any manufacturer that has showed a single hospitalization in a placebo group. Right. So when you're comparing the efficacy for serious illness, you couldn't compare it or you couldn't uh, conjure up any number because it's zero uh, or it's 100 percent effective or zero percent effective. But it's the same. So according to their own data, there's no point in even taking this risk in the children at all, according to their own cooked data. According to their own cooked data. So you'd say, well, it's to prevent you from getting ah cold flu like symptoms. I got a cold right now. You know, stuffy nose, things like that. You look at Moderna shot. And their 5 to 11 trial, and roughly half had the muscle aches, dizziness, 44%, I believe, had chills, and 17% had fever from it. So you're giving them the upper bounds of what they would possibly get. Oh, and by the way, 74.2% as of two months ago, according to CDC, in that age bracket already have natural immunity. So you put that full picture together, and this is this is worse than the, – This is Joseph Mengele territory. Tell us about Iceland and how it factors heavily into this conversation. Sure. I mean, Iceland's an interesting country because, you know, Iceland never really had issues before a couple months ago. Okay, it was one of those confounding countries like, man, are they immune? Like, What's the deal? Almost nobody died there. Almost nobody even seemed to get it. They didn't have problems. They almost all got the Pfizer shot. It's kind of like Israel. It's a Pfizer country. There has been a 28% increase in all-cause deaths for the first quarter of this year, 2022, over the previous five-year average. Okay? Now, yes, COVID deaths have gone up, but only a third of that excess could be explained by COVID deaths. And remember, they're recorded pretty liberally, but we're using all of them. Okay? So – Here's the issue with that, Steve. Whether it's COVID or whether it's directly from the shot, it's from the shot because you shouldn't be getting exponentially more deaths in a country after everyone is triple vaxxed than before with the mildest variants that are mainly either upper respiratory or GI issues. That's what it seems like it's causing Mm -hmm. rather than, I mean, Delta replicated like hell in the lungs. How is it that Iceland is blowing out their delta wave in terms of deaths precisely after everyone had three shots, a very high uh, three-shot rate in Iceland? These are – and again, we're finding a similar thing in Australia, Israel with the cardiac death. Um, At some point, each one alone would be a safety signal that you would pull the shots off the market until you further investigate it. You put it together and – it's kind of like an accurate pistol when it starts to group within three inches. You know, the, the the realms of outcomes here are really shrinking in terms of the floor to how much damage this, this thing causes. Final question in 30 seconds. Tell me, what are we going to know for sure six months ago about these jabs that we can't officially say right now? So October, November. I think you're going to see a degree of negative efficacy on death and hospitalization that you cannot you cannot deny. 
Um, I don't think this is going away. I mean, the doctors I speak to are saying that this has created a vicious cycle of chronic illness. But Steve, there's always another distraction. There's always another Ukraine. And you bet your bottom dollar the GOP will be all in on that. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you as always. Keep up the good work. All right. Take care. God bless. As inflation continues to soar again, it was it was already projected to get to 8.1%. It's worse. It's 8.3%. Uh, so we're now going to just go right through the Jimmy Carter misery index now and just maybe head to 1929 at this rate. That's why you want to check out our friends over at Bullion Max. They are a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver as a hedge against inflation and security for your family in times of crisis. They're owned by veterans in the precious metals space. They offer some of the lowest prices on the internet. In fact, to get you started right now, they're going to offer you their silver starter kit at employee pricing. That's the silver starter kit, including that American Eagle silver coin at employee pricing. This offer is so good, it's limited to just one per household. They'll get you started on that right now when you go to bullionmax.com slash Steve. Bullionmax.com slash Steve is where you want to go to take advantage. All right, gentlemen, thoughts on the conversation we just had with Daniel? I just want to quickly uh, reset what I said before. Daniel's absolutely right. Uh, this isn't going uh, anywhere. It will be undeniable if you take a good look at it. Therefore, we won't take a good look at it because we're going to be talking about aliens instead. Yeah, what Todd said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Also, um, you know, any number of, of distractions. What, what Daniel said there at the end is especially poignant. It's one thing to be disappointed with the GOP. It's one thing to expect them to fail. It's another thing now I think that we're learning um, or being reminded of or being shoved in our face is how much they actually detest us. They just detest us. They hate your guts. Elise Stefanik can go out there today after voting to pass $40 billion of monopoly money to send to Ukraine. She can go out there this morning and say, I'm ultra MAGA. I'm ultra MAGA, and I'm proud of it. These people think you're stupid. They think you're stupid, and they hate on you. They hate you. They spit in your face. But that's our party, bro. That's our party. That's my team. That's my quarterback. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.